Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. What's up, everybody? We're back. Back in the saddle in Missoula. Welcome in to Nuanas Now, your one-stop shop for all things sports each and every single weekday. All around the great treasure state, right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in. Our pretty faces are back here to say hello to you. Thanks so much for tuning in these last couple days and weeks as we were on the road for our tournament takeover. Did five remote broadcasts from Boise, Idaho, and then a couple from the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis. Sorry, we had to kind of pivot yesterday. Our flight got changed, and we were basically walking onto a plane at 4 o'clock in, in, in Dallas, so we had to pivot and do something. But we have a bunch of great content to follow up on all the stuff, all the things we learned in Indianapolis, and uh, a bunch of interviews left over from that as well. So we'll be sharing those throughout the rest of this week and next week as well. And uh, thanks so much for watching in on SWX Montana Television, as he does each and every Wednesday, Sean Rainey from SWX Montana. Joining me, if you want to listen into the show on your tablet, your mobile device, anything like that, just go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. You'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Want to give us a call, shoot us a text, be involved in the show. We'd love to have you. 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. You're going to want to remember that. About 445, we're back in the saddle doing some wing it Wednesday. So we'll have a dozen... Wings on the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. So keep that number in mind. You won't be answering any trivia. Sean's, I got some trivia for him. Maybe he's got some for me as well. But either way, we'll be giving you a great uh, prize from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill as we do each and every Wednesday. 
406-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Got John Rainey here, so we're going to talk all things NCAA tournament. Got Garden City Spotlight today, like we do each and every Wednesday. Trace Tinkle, Missoula Hellgate alum, a Oregon State alum, a, I guess, Los Angeles Lakers alum who's now in, had been in the G League for the Toronto Raptors. And is kind of on pause, but still playing professional basketball. He's also now the biggest Oregon State fan in the world, besides probably his two sisters and his mother. All uh, went to school here in Missoula all the way through the high school ranks. So Trace Tinkle, the son of Wayne Tinkle, the head coach of the Oregon State Beavers, will join us. We're also going to talk Shante Leggins, Eastern Washington head coach. He's on the move. He's headed to Portland. We talked about this on the show a couple days ago. But just reactions from around the league what we think of the move, some of the logistics, the ins and outs, and maybe some of the stuff that uh, Eastern Washington's going through as well. If we have time, we're going to talk about Big Sky teams in the NCAA tournament I do think Eastern Washington performed a little bit better than past Big Sky Conference champions in the NCAA tournament in their eight-point loss to Kansas on Saturday. And then top of the hour, ESPN Roundtable. We're going to recap some more. The NCAA tournament, my trip to Indianapolis. Sean's got some questions for me. I got some questions for him. We'll give you all the details on how our bracket is doing, and we'll give you an update on the bracket challenge sponsored by Paradise Falls of Missoula. There's a couple really good brackets in that challenge. There's a couple people that are definitely in the driver's seat right now, but as we know, it's been a crazy March Madness already, and uh, so we'll keep you up to date on everything that's happening in that. And then something we're looking forward to, for those who listen to the show pretty regularly, or those who, who follow Sean or, or Riley Corcoran, one of our other main contributors on Twitter, these guys are big baseball guys. And I've talked about my my love affair, my waning interest in baseball uh, the last several years. But I'm, I'm all in to get back into it. And I think that the number one way to get back into it is following it on a daily basis, following it on an in-depth basis. And the fact that two of my good buddies love it so much... We're going to go all in on this thing. So we, we will still be carrying the Missoula Paddleheads games this year. So we'll have all sorts of Paddleheads coverage for you. Matt Ellis, uh, the general manager of the Paddleheads, he'll be swinging by each week to give us an update on what's going on with the Paddleheads as well. But we're going to be talking a lot of baseball during baseball season, and I'm excited to get back into it. And so therefore, then, each Wednesday for the next, uh, I guess, how many divisions are there in baseball? Now, is there six divisions in baseball? Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing a six-part division preview presented by Sean Rainey, our now baseball experts. So today we'll be breaking down the NL West. Probably have to get Riley Corkin in here for a couple of these too. Uh, but either way, uh, this is something that uh, I'm looking forward to. to we're going to give you a division-by-division division breakdown here uh, as we get closer to baseball season. So tell me the scoop. What wins opening day? First week of April? Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Right now. No, so, like a week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow. So that would be, uh, what, April 2nd, I guess it would be, yeah. is the date? Okay. So well, cool. they have like four, four, like I think there's four national games kicking off then, and then the rest of them all kick off Friday. Okay, cool. So next week, man. Yeah, so we might have, to, jam, we might have to jam these in. We might have yeah. to have you come back a couple times next week. Let's do it. Get these all, get all these things ironed out. Well, so anyway, I, mean, I haven't seen you in a while, man. How are you doing? What's going on? I'm doing good. I want to ask about your trip for sure. um, because I haven't even, uh, I got into the studio just a little bit ago, so I haven't even asked you like I know. what it was like. I mean, I, I've obviously been to a handful of uh, NCAA tournaments before and they're, it's, it's an event that's really hard to describe unless you've ever been because sure. there's just like a, a buzz and electricity in the building and it's just so cool. What was it like there with limited, like was there still a buzz to it? Because oh, yeah. w- watching, cause watching the games on TV, it felt pretty normal i would say here's the best way i could describe it 
pretty much everything that's happened to all of us. I'm not trying to put sports people in a different realm here, but the last year's is sucked. It's it's been it's been a grind. It's really not been fun for anybody. And I, I think that I'm optimistic that we're coming out on the other side. I think that things are starting to gravitate back towards the way life was, and that, that's a good thing. But two two things. One, you're right. Every arena was only allowed 25% capacity. But when you're talking about an arena like Lucas Oil Stadium that holds 78,000 people, that still means there could be 25,000 people there. A place like the Pacers Arena, I think it holds close to 19,000. So, And also, when we've been at empty arenas all year, that feels like so many. Well, exactly. That's the other thing is even when I watched Eastern Washington at the, the Indiana Farmers Arena, which is the Fairgrounds Arena, it's like a... It's like a, a nice high school stadium. It's like the Billings Metra, kind of. Not even quite as big as the Metra. Probably only holds 2,000 people. And for the um, Villanova-Winthrop game, there was, I think, probably 800 people there. And for the Eastern Washington game, there's probably 1,000 people there. Well, like you said, when we've been sitting in empty arenas, 1,000 people seems like it's the most people I've seen in a year in doing yeah, anything. So that part was cool. You know, we went to like the Michigan LSU game at Lucas Oil, and that you could really feel the energy because no one's in the bottom bowl. But still, when you have about fifteen to twenty thousand people in a place, even if it holds eighty, it's still a good crowd. Like when people, when Michigan was going on runs and stuff, people were getting getting into it, get going crazy. So the other thing I would say is once in a lifetime opportunity, no question. And thanks so much to all of our great sponsors and everybody that followed along. We tried to give you a little bit of social media content the entire time we we're there. We obviously talked about it on the show each and every day, but the, uh, once in a lifetime opportunity for two reasons. One, I, the tournament's never been in a single site. I was like going to say, that all before. the games are right there. Usually, when you go yeah. to you know just the site, you get four Eight. games and two games and then one game. Like so Eight teams, yeah. Yeah, you get seven total games. Yeah. We had up fourteen games in four days, which was it, it, you, you couldn't do it at any other time ever. But then the other part that was so crazy, it was the only thing I can think of that where coronavirus worked to our advantage, because every arena was only twenty five percent capacity. There's no lines. There's no logistical headaches. You just kind of walk right up and, you know, there might be one or two people in line and then you, you go through, you scan your ticket and if you got to use the bathroom or you need a, some water or you want some popcorn or whatever, there's no lines. They're, they were also like making sure there wasn't lines, right? They don't want everybody congregating, but it wasn't really even an issue. You could just walk right up to the concession lady and say, I want some popcorn or whatever. So that part was so great because we didn't have to worry about parking or anything like that. And uh, we also... Uh, somehow got ourselves like a personal driver for the last three days. We had a guy, uh, Hussein, who I'm definitely going to stay in touch with because what a cool guy, but he's a guy from Somalia, and he was like, hey, I'll be here in town. Um, he's like, do you guys want just rides? He's like, I can just, you, we can just plug it into Uber all the time, and I'll just be here whenever you guys tell me to be here. I'll just pick up your rides. And we're like, yes. <laughs> so that made it so that, you know, when the game of Lucas Oil is done, we can just run out, and he's right there. You don't have to wait for the car, nothing. Boom, get in it, go up to to Hankel Fieldhouse, but honestly, besides the logistics, which were perfect, and the 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 city itself is it's perfectly set up for events. I mean, that's what Indianapolis does. The whole economy is based on its central location. So, corporate conferences, you know, centralized banking, events like this. That's what they're. That's what they do. It's the main economic driver of everything there. So. The experience was so amazing because everybody, you know, from your server at a restaurant to your, you know, lady that's helping you get your tickets or whatever, the hospitality is just top notch because that's what everybody there does. They all move there to be like professional hospitality people. So that part was really cool as well. But more than anything, 
The games have been just crazy. I mean, we saw so many crazy games. We saw the Texas Abilene Christian game. We somehow stumbled into a suite that was that a Texas booster had had. He just put some of his extra tickets on StubHub. So we're like in this suite while Texas is getting beat. And these guys are just having a full-on meltdown because Abilene Christian is like the little stepsister, right? And and Texas is losing to this school that was Division II less than 10 years ago. And these guys are just having a full meltdown. We sat with these with these guys from Kansas when they were getting whooped by USC. And it is fun. I mean, I shouldn't make jest of people's sports tragedies, but (laughs) when you are with people that have traveled hundreds, if not thousands of miles to be somewhere, and they've been waiting for this release for so long, it's so cool to see them when when it's the joy of it all. And it's also just sort of funny to just watch (laughs) out, just the meltdowns of, of these people having it. The one thing that was so interesting too is there's so many college campuses right around Indianapolis including Purdue. Obviously, Indiana's not in the tournament this year. Butler was not in the tournament. But we saw more Purdue and Illinois. So Champaign, Illinois is only about two hours from Indianapolis as well. So we saw more Purdue and Illinois gear than anything there. So there's a lot of disappointing and fans. so yeah. disappointing, right? And that was the other cool part is because there was it wasn't just like a couple t- tournament games. You could go see whoever. And so I didn't realize this, but I guess everybody in the Big Ten hates Kansas. And so there was huge contingents of Purdue and Illinois people at both the Eastern Washington game and the and the USC game against Kansas, fully rooting against Kansas. Like there was this whole group of people in orange during the Eastern game that were chanting for Eastern. So that part was really cool um, as well. But honestly, which leads me into our opening segment here today. It is Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watching in on SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana joining me, Coulter Nuana's, as he does each and every Wednesday. But honestly, the coolest part was the run from Oregon State because that's the one we probably have the closest personal connection to. You know, I mean, I I, I grew up in the same neighborhood as the Tinkles. My brother was really the same age as Jocelyn Tinkle, so uh, grew up with those kids. And, you know, we were able to wave at the Tinkles from above or whatever. We couldn't go see them because they were in the family section. You don't want to, you know, Corona, whatever. But just watching a guy who I know we both had a, a great time covering when he was at Montana and Wayne Tinkle – have truly the greatest breakthrough of his career. I mean, it's been uh, a hard road at Oregon State. They had that breakthrough early where they went to the tournament when Trace Tinkle was early in his career. But to see him have his team playing at their best and to see them upset two legitimate top 20 teams live and in person. I mean, the the second one against Oklahoma State, getting to watch Cade Cunningham, the number one pick in next year's draft likely from Oklahoma State, Go against Wayne Tinkle in Hinkle Fieldhouse, which is one of the great venues in college basketball. I mean that that was as good as it gets, man. And it was it was fun to be there and to see it live and in person. Well, I think it was cool too when we had him on the show last week. You can kind of just tell by the sense of how he was talking, and then in some of the interviews that he's done after these games of just how you know they were picked to finish twelfth, but also like that there was some rumblings of criticism of him and the program and. His future maybe not being you know solidified and things like that. Like you can you could get a sense of that in talking to him for sure. And so when they won the tournament and how excited he was to kind of like be like, see, look, like we got here when nobody thought we were going to get here, not knowing at the time when we were talking interviewing him last week that they were going to uh, get two upsets and be in the Sweet Sixteen. Like that just makes it all that much sweeter and something that you know we're we're going to be uh, talking to Trace Tinkle about as well. If you missed Wayne Tingle's interview last week, we did go over a lot of stuff about them overcoming the adversity of the season and really peaking late. You can check that out on the podcast. It's the uh, March 17th version of the podcast. 
St. Patrick's Day edition. So you go search that Nuanas now on your podcast app, and you'll find the Wayne Tinkle interview there. But you and I caught up with Trace Tinkle. Trace Tinkle is a Missoula Hellgate alum, the son of Wayne Tinkle, and uh, a proud Missoulian. I know that uh, he, Trace spent more time. I know his sisters went to most of their school here, but Trace was, you know, I don't even think he was in kindergarten by the time they had decided to move back to Missoula. So I know he he's connected to Missoula as much as anybody in the family because he spent his whole childhood and adolescence here. So it was fun catching up with Trace, but he's definitely a proud Missoulian and very proud of his dad as well. It is the Garden City Spotlight presented by Dr. Gene Morris of Oral Surgical Associates. Are you looking for an oral surgeon in Missoula who offers compassionate care, advanced technology, and comprehensive treatment? Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates is the guy for you. At Oral Surgical Associates, Dr. Gene Morris provides a full range of care, including implants, emergency surgeries, and wisdom teeth removal to benefit from this outstanding level of care. Schedule an appointment with Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates today for more information. OralSurgicalAssociates.com. We do this each and every Wednesday, Garden City Spotlight, highlighting great figures from around the city of Missoula. This week, it's Trace Tinkle, the son of Oregon State head coach, Wayne Tinkle. All right, we are uh, happy to be joined by a very special guest in uh, former Hellgate grad, Oregon State alum, and now cheering on his dad as the Oregon State Beavers are on to the Sweet 16. Trace Tinkle joining us. Trace, how's it going, man? It's good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I mean, first one for you, just how would you describe what this uh, this magical run has been? We've seen, obviously, you and your family in the stands on TV cheering on Pops and the squad. It's been a, it's been a really fun ride. I know a lot of people back in Montana rooting on the, the Beavers for this run. What has it been like for you kind of watching it um, in the stands, uh, you know, close and firsthand? Uh, you know, I think you said it uh, when you said magical. You know, it, it's been so fun, and, you know, after every single game, we're just – and uh, just they keep surprising us. They keep buying in. They're playing with more confidence. And just to see where they, how far they've come in just this year, you know, it's not like it's been a three, four year thing. You know, they they turn it around. Uh, I think what really set the tone was that loss they had against Arizona, and you know they kind of looked themselves in the mirror and they made the changes necessary to win. And uh, they've been riding that wave ever since. And they had a good second half of conference, and then obviously caught momentum late in the season in the tournament. And uh, it's been so special to watch just seeing these guys buy in, you know, just playing the right way, playing for each other instead of the individual. Um, and, you know, that's, that's why they're winning. You know, you they've been in control pretty much every single game. Um, and I think they said a stat when we were re-watching the game, and it was out of the last six or seven games, there's been a different leading score. And so, you know, it's really hard, hard to scout when, you don't know who who the hot hand's going to be, and you know they're they're happy for each other's success, and you know that's why they're in the position they are in right now. That's an interesting point. It leads me right to my first question for you. Then uh, I was live in person in Indianapolis watching both these games. After the first one, I said to our other broadcasting buddy Riley Corcoran, "I don't know who Oregon State's best player is because you, they shared the ball so well, right? It seems like they're playing like such a a team right now. So I know you played with these guys. So two part question. I mean, what's the experience like?" watching a bunch of guys that you played with go on this run, but also did you see this in them? I mean, do you feel like this is kind of just uh, everything coming to fruition now with the way that they're kind of fulfilling their potential? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, you know, having uh, spent time around them, I knew they're a talented group of guys. Uh, obviously, there's a, there's a handful that are playing big minutes that are new this year, um, but I watched a lot of their practices in September, October before I took off myself, but 
you, you could see the potential they had. And just like anything, you know, it's all about chemistry. It doesn't matter the talent you have. If you don't get along and you don't play for each other, you know, you're going to butt heads and, you know, it's, it's a, it's an avalanche going downhill. So, um, you know, very excited for them. And I think that's just been the biggest thing, you know, early on in the season, maybe focus on the wrong things. Um, and then, you know, just continue to buy into the coach's system. At the end of the day, you want to win, you want to play in March. And, you know, I think that's really where they're putting their focus. And, you know, they're not worried about how many shots they're getting or who's getting minutes, but, you know, they finally, you know, created that bond that they're happy for each other. And it's, you know, it's created something special. And, you know, I think it's something that more teams can look at um, to see, you know, what what can really happen when, when you play this style of basketball, uh, sharing the ball, you know, and we always say it in basketball, you know, when you pass the ball, it's going to come back to you full circle, you know, uh, just good karma, all that. So, uh, it's been great. I'm obviously so happy for the guys. Uh, I knew they had it in them. It's just, you know, really about coming together, buying in uh, to what the coaches are saying, their style. And I think you're, you're seeing that full circle with what they're putting on display, um, you know, against teams like Tennessee, uh, Oregon, Oklahoma State, you know. So it, it's been so fun to watch, and I'm so happy for them. I think there's something to be said with the kind of like us against the the world mentality. And obviously when they're picked to finish 12th in the preseason, and then, you know, obviously that puts some, some a little bit of pressure. There may be some doubters um, on this team and on your, your dad as a coach. I think obviously we know how good of a coach he is, things like that. How much more satisfying does a run like this mean for, for your dad and the team when there were, you know, a lot of doubters this year? Oh, it's everything, you know, and I think that's just the fuel and what's motivating him. Uh, you know, I think you saw my dad's interview and said, I, I promise we're not going to finish 12th, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, you, you know, you're going to be better than that. And so that almost takes the pressure off, you know, you know, the, you, the group of guys you have. So, you know, if you're picked 12th, all you can do is, you know, climb up. And so, you know, just using that as motivation and, you know, Winning Pac-12 championship, you know, win two games, get into the Sweet 16, uh, it just makes things that much more sweet. And then, you know, you kind of see the guys hopping back on the the Beaver bandwagon. Um, and, you know, we know who's been with us. We know who the supporters are. Uh, but like you said, I mean, it just makes it that much sweeter knowing that you were counted out and uh, you're, you're proving everybody wrong. You're listening to the Garden City Spotlight, presented by Oral Surgical Associates of Missoula, Dr. Gene Morris, the best in the business when it comes to any sort of oral surgical procedure. Visit oralsurgicalassociates.com for more information today. Trace Tinkle, former Missoula Hellgate star, former Oregon State star, joining Sean Rainey and myself, Coulter Nuanez, here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. It's been interesting to watch basketball out west and the, the national perception of it. Early on in your Oregon State career, Pac-12 was getting about half the teams in the league in the tournament, mm -hmm. and then that kind of dwindled. Now this year they get the five in, maybe more than people expected before Oregon State made the run. But now here we are in the Sweet 16. Four of the last 16 teams are from the Pac-12, and you got Gonzaga as well. So uh, what do you think of just the way the league has sort of risen up and, and uh, sort of dominated this tournament so far? Yeah, I love it. You know, I always thought uh, the Pac-12 was one of the best conferences in the country. Um, obviously, you know, I think we've had a couple bad showings in, you know, years past where we had, you know, five to seven teams and handful lost the first round. But, I mean, that's what March is. It's all about who's who's hot at the right time, and the upsets always happen. So, 
I think since then we kind of got a bad rep. Uh, but, you know, we're coming back around to show them that, you know, this is one of the, the greatest conferences. Uh, you know, Pac-12 is always putting people into the NBA or playing at a high level. And so, you know, they obviously have guys. And, you know, I think one thing that my dad and I always talk about is, uh, you know, nobody on the East Coast really wants to stay up to watch, you know, a West Coast game because it's a three-hour time change. And so, you know, when you get into a tournament like this and it's on the national scale and you're playing teams from all over, uh, you can see what they're capable of doing. And, you know, that's exactly what's being shown with, you know, our games against, like I said, Tennessee, Oklahoma State. Just feel like we've really dominated, uh, you know, each team. And then you, you see USC uh, have a great showing against Kansas. Um, you know, I, I love it. It's it's great for the conference. Um Obviously, during the regular season and Pac-12 tournament, you're pulling for one team. But once you get here, you know, it's it's back to pack uh, just because it, it does. It makes the conference look a lot, that much stronger. I think, obviously, the kind of the coolest thing about the tournament is are these Cinderella runs. And I think everyone knows that, like, hey, a couple teams are going to do it. And everyone entering the tournament is like, man, I, I hope that it's us this year. So for mm-hmm. that to be you guys right now, like – what is that like? And then obviously I imagine now after you get past the first weekend, you get a taste of this, this magical ride and you don't want it to end. You want to keep going. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I was, I was watching one of Ethan Thompson's uh, interviews and he said the same thing. He said, you know, we, we got a feeling right now that I don't want it to end. I mean, <laughs> word for word, what you just said, you know, it, it's so special. It's whatever Hooper dreams of since they're, you know, five, six years old is watching the tournament and playing on that stage. Um, you know, there's there's just something about it. Obviously, my dad, he's coaching and he's played in it. Um, so he, he's, he's been through it, and now you're kind of seeing it, you know, firsthand with, with our guys. And, you know, I keep in close contact with them. And, you know, all they talk about is how crazy it is, again, with, you know, being counted out. You know, they weren't supposed to be there. It just makes it feel that much better, and especially just how they're playing. You know, they're not, they're not squeaking out wins, but they're showing that they deserve to be here. Um, so it, it's been – so fun, and like I kind of mentioned earlier, after every single game, we're just in awe just because, you know, how, how well we're playing, how great the guys look. You know, it's just a complete different team than when we lost to, uh, you know, Portland and, and Wyoming in, in the earlier year. So, um, you know, that that's just been, you know, so special. And then selfishly just for, our, you know, our father, um, you know, getting his first tournament win. You know, he didn't get one at Montana. Uh, so... To, to be like this from the Pac-12, you know, championship to, you know, winning the first game now in the Sweet 16, uh, it's so special. And you can just see, you know, round by round, the guys are getting closer and closer. And, you know, that's exactly what you want. You're listening to the Garden City Spotlight presented by Oral Surgical Associates of Missoula, Dr. Gene Morris, the best in the business when it comes to any sort of oral surgical procedure. Visit OralSurgicalAssociates.com for more information today. Trace Tinkle, former Missoula Hellgate star, former Oregon State star. Joining Sean Rainey and myself, Coulter Nuanez, here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Trace, I know that your sisters became like the biggest college basketball fans in the world when you were playing, always sitting courtside, always cheering you on. But for you to be able to do that with your family, uh, with your dad, on the biggest stage, I mean, we were sitting on the section across from you at Hinkle Fieldhouse. I could hear Joslin from a mile away. So, but what, I mean, what's it like sitting next to them and kind of sharing this with the other parts of your family as well? Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, obviously, me not being able to to play in it, unfortunately, uh, 
doing my part to try and help, you know, the team win. Obviously, one of the biggest supporters still. So whatever my role may be, if it's yelling, cheering, um, yelling out the plays, you know, our principles, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to help this thing keep going. But uh, it, it's been fun. Obviously, I knew my sisters were loud, um, you know, but being right next to them, they're, they're louder than I thought. And um, it, it's been great. You know, it's, I think you look at all of us and you see the different emotions where Jocelyn's screaming, Ellie's got her hands in her or her head in her hands. And then I'm kind of watching it from, you know, a coach's perspective just because, you know, I know everything they're running out there. And so I'm trying to see, you know, what's open, where they can beat them, uh, just being a lot more analytical with it. But uh, it, it's been so fun. And, you know, again, with a, with a less, less attendance, you know, like you said, Josh and I, my mom, my sister, all Beaver Nation are doing whatever we can to make our voices heard to try and disrupt the other team. Last one for me, and your dad kind of touched on this when we had him on last week. Obviously, you have a lot of people back in Corvallis supporting you, but so many in Montana. What, what is that like, kind of getting all the support from everyone in Montana? I mean, I'm friends with you guys on Facebook, and I, I feel like it's, it's, there's more on social media, people from Montana congratulating your dad, things like that. What is, what is that like, just knowing that, you got that support from back in the Treasure State. Uh, it, it's awesome. Obviously, Montana, you know, has a close uh, spot in all of our hearts. Um, and, you know, that's really where, where it started. Uh, to, so to have people that are still happy with, you know, the success he's had, you know, knowing that he does it the right way. Um, and, you know, Montana's obviously where he learned a lot of his, his coaching lessons and that he still instills to guys now. So um, it's just – it's great to have not just one state, but two. And then obviously, you know, people from Montana that have known us longer than people in Corvallis. Um, it, it's been so special, you know, and we obviously, you know, cherish all that. And we're so grateful for everybody uh, still keeping close contact and keeping up with, you know, what we're doing. You know, I know I have all my friends still reaching out to me as well as, you know, mom, sister, dad. Um, you know, we're getting guys from Montana that want to come to Indianapolis so we love it, you know. It's once a grizz, always a grizz, and we're we're so happy that you know they're kind of finding a second team in uh, Oregon State, you know, to share with with Montana. You're listening to the Garden City Spotlight presented by Oral Surgical Associates of Missoula, Dr. Gene Morris, the best in the business when it comes to any sort of oral surgical procedure. Visit OralSurgicalAssociates.com for more information today. Trace Tinkle, former Missoula Hellgate star, former Oregon State star. Joining Sean Rainey and myself, Coulter Nuanez, here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Trace, give us an update on you. What's going on in your world? I know you were uh, in the in the, D, in the G League for a minute. What's what's your status? What's going on with you? What's, what, what's next for Trace Tinkle? Yeah, so uh, it was obviously, you know, a really short season, unfortunately. Um, you know, I was very, you know, grateful to be playing. But it's just, just been a crazy year. Um, you know, one that we've, we've never seen, uh, one that I really have no control over. So it, it's been tough. Um, but just, you know, doing whatever I can to stay ready and, you know, get myself ready for, you know, where I believe I can go and where I want to be. Uh, and so, you know, early on I was supposed to be with the Lakers – uh, went to training camp. Actually, didn't go to training camp. Was down there quarantining, and then right before camp started, they sent all the rookies home because a couple guys tested positive, and so they they shortened the the roster down to you know coaches and you know guaranteed guys from the year before that could be in the facility. So I went home uh, just training for you know all the three weeks of training camp to see if they're going to bring us back, um, you know because. 
we, we picked LA, my agent and I, because they had, I think, three roster spots available. They had a, you know, a two-way available. So, you know, that's really what we were fighting for. And then when they said that they weren't going to bring us back and they weren't going to have a G League season or a G League team in the bubble, you know, there's really nothing for me to do. And, you know, luckily, you know, the Raptors picked me up, but obviously training camp was over, so I couldn't do anything. They waived me um, and, you know, played in their G League season. And it was a great experience. You know, we had a, a great team. We had, you know, two lottery picks in the last five, six years. A couple other guys drafted in the second round. You know, GP2 who had NBA experience. So, you know, one thing that I don't think a lot of people know is how stacked uh, this season was. You know, there was 12 less teams, so a lot less jobs. So teams were competitive. Uh, you know, some teams combined uh, guys from other teams. And so, you know, there was a lot of NBA experience, you know, at that level. But uh, it, it was tough just because we didn't get, you know, a big training camp ourselves to really get acclimated with everything. And, you know, I, I wasn't really playing the first six or seven games. Um and then I got my shot and I felt like I played really well, you know, showcased what I can do um, and did everything I could with the opportunity given. But then, you know, you play uh, eight games solid and, you know, the season was over, unfortunately. So um, it, it was tough, but, you know, definitely, you know, a solid first year, uh, a lot to learn, um, you know, and, you know, makes me excited for, you know, years to come. Uh, I know I'm, I'm very excited for, uh, just having the chance to kind of get back into a normal year, you know, with summer league, being able to go to a training camp. Um, and I think that's really what's going to set me up for where I want to be uh, is just getting those opportunities that everyone else got. Um, but, you know, learned a lot from a lot of key guys who have NBA experience and, you know, I'm very happy with how I played and, you know, just excited for the rest of my career. All right, Trace. Well, Hey man, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, Good luck this weekend. Uh, we'll be watching. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Trace Tickle, Garden City Spotlight. Probably the first time in a long time he's done an interview that wasn't really about him. It was about somebody else. So that was it was cool catching up with him and his family. And uh, I tell you, I was sitting at Hickle Fieldhouse when they were taking apart Oklahoma State. And no question, Jocelyn Tingle was the loudest person in that arena. You could hear her uh, words of encouragement echoing throughout the entire arena. But uh, in words to the refs, probably. Oh, absolutely. Because they, yeah, I, I even going back to the him playing in at Hellgate days and some of the state tournaments, they can oh, they yeah. know how to get after it, man. No question, they do. <laughs> More reaction about uh, that interview and the rest of the NCAA tournament. We got to get out. We're talking Shante Leggins, former now Eastern Washington head coach, headed to Portland. What are the details? What does it say about the big sky? Is it an upgrade? More on Nuanez now with Sean Rainey of SWX Montana and me, Coulter Nuanez, right here on 1290 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Can't take it anymore. I got to get my feet out the door. So 
fitting song. It was pretty nice to travel. Airports and airplanes still give me anxiety, but that has nothing to do with the pandemic. It's just, uh, I don't know. Crowds are not my thing, but uh, back to be back. Good. Back to be back. Good to be back. Still learning how to talk. We're professionals at this, though. It is 1029 ESPN Missoula. You're listening to Nuanez now. Maybe you're watching in on SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana joining me, Coulter Nuanez. Happy to be joined by Trace Tinkle in the first segment. That was fun catching up with him. Haven't, haven't had Trace on in a little while, not since he was uh, playing at Oregon State. So we wish him the best of luck with his career and obviously the best of luck to the Tinkle family as the Oregon State Beavers, one of the Cinderella's so far in March Madness. Speaking of the NCAA tournament and college basketball, Eastern Washington won the outright Big Sky title a year ago. The Eagles... Then won the tournament title. They they would have been the favorites to win the tournament title last year. They won the tournament title this year. They go to the NCAA tournament for the third time in program history. Give Kansas a great run. Ended up losing by 8, 91-83. But uh, all in all, a great season by Eastern Washington. And this has been rumored and rumbling for a while, ever since Terry Porter resigned abruptly at Portland. Shante Leggins has been one of the names toward the top of the list for the Portland Pirates of the West Coast Conference, and he made the move just uh, less than 48 hours after uh, that Eastern Washington NCAA tournament game. Ryan Collingwood of the Spokesman Review confirmed with Leggins directly that he is on the move to Portland. He's already had his introductory press conference for the Pilots. So Shante Leggins out from the Big Sky Conference, heading to the West Coast Conference. So, Randy, first let's start with Eastern Washington, though, just your impressions of them in the tournament. We've both been covering the Big Sky for a while. I thought it was one of the better showings a Big Sky team has had in the big dance in quite some time. Well, one, it was it was awesome to watch them play so well in the beginning, and especially, like, just the, uh, you know, there's always every single year in the NCAA tournament, you get these, like, Cinderella teams, but you also get, like, these these players that, for their the style, their looks, whatever it may be, they become like, you know, internet sensations and are loved by, you know, society and especially social media. And that was the Groves brothers during that game and especially during the first half when they were just absolutely on fire and they're killing it. And you're seeing, you know, memes of them um, as they, you know, look like uh, Napoleon Dynamite and a lumberjack out there and things like that. Um, Jackie Moon. That was the one I loved. Yeah. And so it was just, it was awesome to see. And like, you're seeing like all these national people talk about, them and and things like that and it's like you know it's just kind of it's always cool when like national people are are figuring out about a team that we have known forever because we've covered them you know um so that is really cool and yeah i mean they played really well to me what i mean what stood out is they all they're bigs i mean tanner groves was better than any other big oh dominant mccormick is good was good and he he was able to score but like i would take groves this is the other thing, like watching a lot of these games, like I would take Groves as a big over like a lot of these teams. Well, like, the fact that he's know, a real six ten, he plays with such a high motor, and he can step shoot. back and shoot it. Yeah, I mean he hit five threes. That's I know, a huge like, advantage. Yeah. Um, How many calls do you think he's getting? A lot with the free year and the and and the, the performance. He had thirty five points. And with high for leaving. Tanner Groves. Oh yeah, I, I was like, man, him and the brothers are going to be going somewhere. I mean, he had a moment with Bill Self because Bill Self called him over after the game. And and if you know Groves, you know he always gives it up to the other team. Anyways, he usually goes and shakes the other team's coach's uh, hand. But Self called him in and kind of put his arm around him. And I, I was sort of halfway joking on Twitter 
Well, I took a picture of it and saying, is this Bill Self congratulating Tanner Groves or is this Bill Self saying, hey, buddy, why don't you come play in the Big 12 next year? It's his one chance to get him face-to-face in person. Like, No, and I was thinking the same thing during the game. I was like, wow, I wonder where he's going to be playing next year. Um, But I think the one thing that stood out, though, is um, some of these other teams, like Oral Roberts, for instance, like that that Asmus guy or whatever, um, Eastern just didn't have the explosive guards to hang with Kansas. Like they had they have the size and they have the shooting and stuff, but Kansas really kind of overwhelmed them with their athleticism and their speed and their quickness at the guard position. They also had a they had a good game plan because they were leaving those two guards from Kansas that really struggled struggled to shoot the ball, Garrett and then number three. Yeah, and then they just started raining threes. And the, like, those guys the game plan worked because those guys were shooting bad threes and missing and Groves was doing a great job getting the re- both Groves brothers were doing a great job rebounding. And then all of a sudden, you're right, they hit four in a row, and then the, all of a sudden, Eastern had controlled the momentum for like 30 minutes, and then bam, Kansas had it, and it's so well, like, hard to get it back. But there were sections where like Eastern was struggling to like dribble the ball up the court and get into their offense because they're just not on the same level athletically at the guard position. So they're like, you know, one explosive, good, like getting like a guard that can get his own bucket away from, from winning that game um, and, 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 you know, getting to that next level. And I think that's why like Oral Roberts – and some of these other small te- like the small teams that we see make it it's because they have that like those guards that can just ball with anybody and i think you need you that's what you need in the in the tournament you need size that is not going to be overwhelmed by the size and strength of bigger schools which eastern has but you need that that just bucket getting guard that is just not going to back down and that's the one thing like like and that's no disrespect to to meadows and and all, all their guys they're just not on the same level, and that was kind of like the the one weakness that, that got exposed. Eastern does have uh, Groves and Aiken, Tim Aiken Jr. They don't look they they don't look that mismatched in terms of physical gifts compared to the Kansas guys. Obviously, the Kansas guys are longer, and you know they're Power Five, Big Twelve. I mean, they play Kansas, so they're among yeah. top recruits. But I thought it was so striking how small guys like Michael Meadows and uh, Jack Perry looked. I yeah. mean, Kansas's guards are like, they don't look that small in the big sky. No, but Kansas's yeah. guards are all 6'4", 6'5", 210, 220 pounds, and then you know Jack Perry looks like a kid out there. Yeah, you know, so that that part was crazy. Listen to Nuana is now on one two ninety ESPN Missoula statewide television SWX Montana. Sean Rainey from SWX. Joining me, Coulter Nuanas, as he does each and every Wednesday. So here's some details on Shante Leggins going to Portland. First and foremost, we've outlined and talked pretty extensively on this show about the financial struggles in Eastern Washington. They have had a third-party commission a report on the viability and the future of athletics there. Basically, the report had a three tiers for options uh, for Eastern Washington. The number one tier was a suggestion to drop to Division Two. The number two tier was a suggestion to stay in Division One, but to figure out a way to save some money, cut some costs across the athletic department. And then the third option was to go to Division Three. That would be foolish considering all the great Division Three schools out in the Northwest. I just don't think that Eastern's been a state school and a directional school for so long. I don't think they have the academic prestige to do that. But that's here nor there. The fact of the matter is they've been struggling financially. There's a lot of uh, uncertainty about the future of Eastern Washington Athletics. That, to me, is one of the biggest factors in Shante Leggins leaving Eastern. A couple other details on this. So many schools in college basketball, they have a Nike swoosh or an Adidas logo or a Jordan logo on their jerseys. But there's a lot of different tiers in terms of the quote-unquote sponsorships or the affiliation. For a long time, Montana, I think, was the only full, full, full Nike school. 
in the Big Sky Conference and one of the only full Nike, I think there's only like 30, 35 full Nike schools in the country. That means you are exclusively Nike. All your team gear, all your bags, everything is Nike. Portland's a Nike school. And I know Portland, the Portland Pilots do not have very much tradition. They have really struggled. I think that the statistic that our buddy Riley Corcoran told me was something like 12 straight coaches have gone there and then non gone anywhere else. They've either had their contract not renewed or they've been fired. Or in the case of former NBA player Terry Porter, he just resigns and before the season's even done. So it's been a, a place where a lot of times upstart coaches have gone to to die. Basically, their careers have gone to to hit a hit a dead end. But that said, they are a Nike school. They are in a big basketball city. But more than anything, to me, the the two main factors of this thing are pay. I think Leggins' uh, base salary is between one hundred and five and one hundred ten thousand dollars in Eastern Washington. He's He's going to have a base salary of $265,000 at Portland. So he's getting more than twice the money. And then the other thing is just the financial um, turmoil that Eastern Washington has been going through. One last detail that's worth noting, several of the national basketball reporters reported Danny Sprinkle, also in the mix for this job at Montana, uh, excuse me, Montana State's head coach. And Sprinkle, I think he has some connections to the athletic department, knows some people there. Uh, but that, that, that never gained much Attraction. Uh, basically, Sprinkle, if he was in the mix, I think removed himself from the mix pretty quickly. And uh, sort of in short order, less than 24 hours, or I guess less than 48 hours after um, Eastern Washington played in the NCAA tournament, Shante Leggins heading to Portland. So, um, I mean, your thoughts. Obviously, there's there's some details that go into this, but I think Leggins was just trying to get himself a job with a little bit more stability. I think on the surface, when you see it, you're like, Oh, this is more kind of a lateral move and not necessarily like a, a huge upgrade. I think just or, or even a move down only because like Portland played multiple big sky schools this year and lost to them. Yeah, yeah. But as far as like you know perception and stuff, like I, uh, I don't think Portland's any more well known or well respected than Eastern Washington, really. So, no. I, I you know for initially when you think when you hear it, you're just like, eh? you know. But once you dive into the money, the logistics, the uncertainty at Eastern Washington. I mean, it obviously makes some sense, but that stat with the that Riley brought up with the last twelve Portland coaches not going anywhere is um, is disturbing to say the least. I mean, they just had an NBA guy who was a le- like Terry Porter was a good NBA player, but he's very well renowned in Portland because he was a star for the Blazers when they had those great teams in the late eighties, early nineties with Clyde Drexler. Those guys made the playoffs a bunch of times. So you think if you have that guy, just from a recruiting perspective, he'd be able to go talk one of the big city school kids into staying at Portland, but he never was able to gain traction. So to me, that is sort of just a, uh, an example of, of uh, just where that program fits in the league. It's also worth noting, though, the West Coast Conference, mostly on the legs of Gonzaga, but it is a better league just because they've gotten multiple teams into the tournament before. You can get into the NCAA tournament as like the third team out of WCC, but that's never going to happen in the big sky. Yeah, um, but man, that I mean, what makes you think that you could be the, the, the one guy out of the 13 that ends up having major success there? You know, like well, that's right. the question. Well, right. Like, but, th- but then that makes me then wonder how much does he know about what's going on at Eastern? And maybe he's just getting out because he, d- he thinks that they might not even be in Division One next year. Yeah, yeah, true. And, I mean, if you're making $150,000 more, and even if you last three or four years and, and flame out, I mean, you'd have to – You'd have to put in eight years at Eastern Washington to make as much as you're, you know, you're gonna make at Portland for three, four years. So, you know, you could build up a nice little nest egg there. So, I mean, we wish him well. Obviously, I mean, 
We, we both talked with. to him. He's awesome. He's awesome with the media. He's very animated, very entertaining, um, fun to follow along and talk to. And so it'll be interesting to see how he does there for sure. But uh, it's it's gonna now raise just like a lot of questions on like and we, we joked about Tanner Groves like sure. where is it gonna be like Eastern could be the worst team in the league next year for sure. They really or they could. could not be in the league. Or, yeah, I mean yes, but. If they are, like, they might have multiple guys. You just never know. Like, and that's just, but that's also just, I mean, not only the state of Eastern Washington as a university and as an athletic department, but just the state of college basketball in general. These teams, you think you might be able to, like, project them for the next couple of years or whatever. It's like, oh, they're only losing Jack Perry. They got everybody coming back. They could have, like, everybody leave. Like, and sure. it, college basketball is just so year to year now. It's insane. And so it's just, we have no idea what it's going to look like. Jacob Davidson, the preseason Big Shack Conference MVP, he is he is into the transfer portal. He struggled with a pretty major hip injury this year, which is one of the reasons why he had his playing time sort of cut back. The emergence of Michael Meadows also, I think, hurt Davidson's playing time down the stretch. But either way, Davidson in the transfer portal. We'll keep an eye on the rest of Eastern Washington squad because I do think there's some guys that maybe go with Leggins to Portland. I mean, Tanner Groves would be a great player in the WCC as well. I mean, he's a big side conference MVP, but he, he could hang, you know, he might have a little bit of trouble battling with Gonzaga, but I think he could hang he in He could the, go bigger than Portland, though. Well, he absolutely could. Yeah. He absolutely could. But I just I just think that he, if he went with Leggins, which is not out of the question because they, I mean, the system's kind of built around him. He would yeah. be kind of ready-made. And it, obviously he likes Leggins because, you know, that's who recruited him to go play there. So we'll see. I expect a lot of movement at Eastern Washington, and it'll be quite a saga to watch unfold. We're listening to Nuanez now on 1290 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watching in on statewide television, SWX Montana. Sean Rainey, Coulter Nuanez. Trivia right after this. We got a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, so keep it right here on Nuanas Now. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. So, Montana, welcome back in. Nuana is now one stop shop for all things sports each and every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m., right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula or statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you want to listen in live, all you got to do is go to 1029ESPN.com, click on the Listen Live tab. You'll find the stream, which is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. want to give us a call, shoot us a text, any of the above, do it right now, 406-361-3688. We got a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you, the fine listeners of this show. We're going to go with number four caller, Reese. We're going to make you answer four calls. Number four caller, 406-361-3688. All you got to do is call. All you got to do is be number four. We got a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you, the loyal listeners of Nuana, as now voted by you, the great people of the city of Missoula, as the best wings anywhere here in the Garden City. 
Time now for a little Wing It Wednesday trivia. I got some trivia questions for Sean Rainey. By the way, Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, joining me as he does each and every Wednesday. I got uh, I got a couple NCAA tournament questions for you, Rain Man. Okay. Okay, number one, Oregon State, 12-seeded Beavers. They are into the Sweet 16. They're coached by Wayne Tinkle, who played his college ball at the University of Montana and then was a longtime assistant here, serving on Don Holst, Pat Kennedy, and Larry Kristoviak's staffs before then taking over as the head coach. He was the head coach here, I believe, eight seasons at the University of Montana. And now he's been at Oregon State uh, since leaving Montana, so he's been there for seven years because Travis DeCure took over for him. So Wayne Tinkle leads his team into the Sweet 16, the first Sweet 16 at Oregon State since when? 1982. Good job. I knew that one. We did a story yeah, on it the yeah, other night. Yep, yeah, yeah. So Booyah. just short of uh, of 40 years ago. So pretty cool for Oregon State. Which, man, doesn't that make us seem old? Like no it doesn't kidding. like 82. You say 82, and you're like, oh, that wasn't that like too long ago. And then you're like 40 year. Oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Okay. One for one. Number two, Gonzaga, the number one overall seed in this tournament. And after watching them live and in person, I will tell you, the best team. They are so good. I couldn't believe how good they were. They execute so well. They play so hard. They have so many good players. Watching them live was just, it was breathtaking. They're seriously, they're the best college team I've ever seen live and in person. They're unbelievably good. How many Final Fours has Gonzaga qualified for in their program's history? Mm, let's go four. Just one. Really? They've been to the Elite Eight five times. They made it to the championship game in 2017. They've never won a national championship. They've just been to the one so final four. The only four. time they went to the final four, they went to the championship game. Yep. Wow, yep. I could have sworn that they went a couple times before that. Nope. They, huh. They've made it to the Elite Eight five times, all within the last 20-ish years. Yeah. And uh, But they've lost in the Elite Eight. They have not made it to the, the final four. Just one final four and just one championship game. Okay? I don't expect you to know this, but this is a pretty, this is pretty interesting. So... Long story short, we did our Grizz Greats, the Coaching Tree podcast series, all about Judd Heathcote's coaching tree. So Judd Heathcote, the head coach of Montana from 1971 to 1978, he then went on to Michigan State. And everybody that came after him, from Jim Brandenburg to Mike Montgomery, Stu Morrill, Blaine Taylor, Don Holst, um, Larry Kristoviak, Wayne Tinkle, Travis DeCure. Uh, Travis DeCure has not moved on yet. But we expect him to probably have a big-time job someday, probably sooner than later. But everybody else has gone on to have great jobs, You know, whether it was Stu Morrill building up Utah State or, or Mike Montgomery coaching at Stanford and Cal or, or Kristoviak and Tinkle uh, at Utah and Oregon State, respectively. Blaine Taylor, Old Dominion. Um, the question is, though, from that coaching tree, how many appearances has any of those eight great coaches made in the Sweet 16? Ooh, appearances? How many Sweet 16s has the Judd Heathcote coaching tree produced? Let's go with uh, let's go with 22. Wow. It's actually way more rare than you think. Here's the thing that's been really? sort of the MO of the of that, that coaching tree has been perennial NCAA tournament qualifiers, right? But like, like Stu Morrill, he was winning 30-plus games at Utah State every year and they would always be like that 11-12 seed yeah. and they only won I think one NCAA tournament game they never were able to punch through and break through so I think uh, I think it was Jim Brandenburg had a, had two I think Mike Montgomery had a couple including going to the final four with Stanford I think okay. twice uh, but the total is six 
What about and, Heathcote himself? Well, I, and so Heathcote won, won the national championship yeah. in 1979, two years after leaving Montana, and then never went back to the Final Four. Really? Had two other runs to the Sweet 16, made the tournament a bunch of times, but never went back to the Final Four. Uh, so Bradbury had a couple. Montgomery had a couple. I don't believe Stu Morrill ever had a Sweet 16. I don't believe Blaine Taylor ever had a Sweet 16. I believe Larry Kristoviak might have had one, maybe two, and Wayne Tinkle, his first one this year. So Well, that guess was even um, – it wasn't as bad as my bracket in our ESPN Missoula Bracket Challenge. I, I looked it up. Dude, I'm 140 out of 150. Wow. Well, thank you for everybody for 150 entries. That's pretty great. We'll tell you more about our brackets right after this. this is the ESPN Roundtable coming back at the top of the 5 o'clock hour presented by Paradise Falls. We're going to talk all things NCAA tournament breakdown some of the best teams I saw while I was in Indianapolis, some of the best matchups coming up in the Sweet 16. Give you a breakdown of our brackets, your brackets, everything in between. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 